Yo, what's going on, y'all? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Audible Podcast. I am the host, the one and only, the man, the Woody Sign. What's up, y'all? Uh, high fire episode we got today. Um, we're gonna talk some UFC. We're gonna talk some NBA. The sport and young boy. We're gonna talk some MLB. We might talk a little tingy winchy uh, about the NFL. I'm not, I'm not sure if I want to um, give the NFL any more uh, respect. And by respect, I mean discussing them uh, in general uh, on my platform. So the first thing I need you to do is go to crossthestreams.com. There are a plethora. Get your, get your, get your synonym book out. Get the thesaurus out. A plethora. Cool. Different styles of podcasts, uh, comedy, uh, sports like myself, movies, TV shows, audio, anything can be discussed. Everybody's talking about everything. Pick a genre. We got it for you. Let's get to the pod. So, okay, UFC 278, right? Um, we had... It was a, I, I tweeted this beforehand, um, it was a lackluster card name-wise. Like, for it to be Usman and Masvidal, not Masvidal, Usman and Edwards too, I felt like there were huge stakes um, on the line, especially for Usman. And I felt like this could have been represented with a much better card. And I feel like I, I say this a lot. I'm not sure. Like, the fights usually come out well. Like, so there were some very exciting fights on here. Some exciting fights. There were some very strange fights. There were also some very boring-ass fights. And um, I watched from the prelims up. So I know a lot of people may just tune into the main event. I watched the prelims, the pre-prelims, everything. Um, but this was not a good card. The main event was not even a good fight. Um, the first round was very competitive. It was it was kind of good. The second, third, and fourth, and fifth rounds uh, were not good at all. Um, and I understand it is because of the style of Usman. He is a high IQ fighter. There is a small window when he's not going to be on the game plan because he's probably in his head like, okay, what's all right, let me just get back to the game plan. Like them little seconds in between him, you know, maybe trying to show you some hands or, you know, show you a little bit on the, with the boxing. That's only a small amount of time in between his normal style of pressuring you, putting, just making you feel takes downs, keeping hands on you, whether it's feet, whether it's punches to the body, whether it's feet to the, Feet to feet, he don't care. Um, you score a lot of points for that, and it's a lot of a, a, a annoyance thing because if I'm punching you in five different places and I'm trying to take you down, that's a lot to worry about. It's going to be a little bit of a weird transition. We play Overwatch, and we always uh, tell people I'm playing with, you know, there's, there's unique characters again. It can be applied to any game. There's just unique characters because there's certain extra things you have to worry about from them. For instance, Diva. When Diva throws a bomb, you have to be looking for that shit. So while the entire team is looking for that, in that little split second, everybody else get a chance to capitalize or do something in their own way. Um, when you got to worry about the foot stumps, I don't really know if they hurt. Uh, most guys have said they, they don't really hurt. But there's a lot of adrenaline. There's also a lot of ego. Um, he wouldn't be doing them if they didn't do anything. Uh, he definitely was working the body. This entire fight, I think that definitely uh, contributed to uh, Leon Edwards being uh, just fatigued. Like, I don't know what. Like, I don't know if Leon would just. I don't think he was fatigued because fatigued is fucking Luke Rocco. Like, Luke Rocco is one of the greatest fighters, especially one of the greatest middleweights of all time. Like he looked that that looked like a bum fight. Like let me let's just we go back to the main event. But Koi Main event was definitely um bum fights. 
So the the split second in between when Usman is going back to his style, his normal way of doing things, is when he can be caught. At the very first round of um, him versus Gilbert Burns, the only time he got touched was at the very beginning. They was kind of having a little bit of exchanges. You don't have those chances with Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns tagged him. Flock out. Um, besides that, like, he had, a, you know, some back and forth with Kobe Covington, but they have kind of the same style. Kobe is just, uh, like, faster. Um, but he doesn't throw any, like, real power. Like, I don't see Kobe knocking somebody out cold like Usman did to um, – to Masvidal, or I don't see that Kobe doing that to anybody. Maybe a fucking pedestrian. Um, but the entire fight, it wasn't that great, right? But the the ending really made up for. I think if Usman won, it would have been just a lot of Usman praise. But it would just been another Usman fight. And um, I just remember, like, just you know. Watching a fight through the second and third round, through the fourth round, like Leonette was just wasn't with it. Like, and then at the end, when he got the head kick, he kind of walked, he jumped over the thing. He didn't look gassed, but he didn't look like he was beat up or scared either. He he was just saying his body wasn't reacting, his body wasn't reacting. I don't know what that means. I don't think he knew what that means because I don't think a dude's gonna just sit in there for four rounds and three and a half rounds and get just beat up. Um. But again, it's not like he had bloody a bloody face or anything like that. It's not really Usman's, you know, type of thing. I don't, I don't know why these cats don't throw more elbows though. But um, I thought it was a fantastic end. He got the head kick. He got a, a Leon that was got a head kick knockout at the end, um, which is maybe the most. I think it's the most. Man, I I feel like I see this. About this with the UFC all the time. It, it's the most shocking ending I've ever seen because the fight was over. And it was just one minute left in the fifth round. You know what I mean? The fight was over. I don't think there's ever been, there ever been many buzzer beater knockouts when one dude has been losing. Like, there's been buzzer beater knockouts where it's, it's, it's been a competitive round. And, you know, a knockout could happen or a flash knockout or a TKO, like, um, or the. Him out in the first round, like if the bell didn't ring. Whitaker would have got finished in the first round. He got knocked out twice that round. So I, I understand the second round. This nigga was probably dizzy's cheese because he got knocked out at the end of the first round. I don't know if y'all remember that. If y'all noticed that, you will look at Adesanya versus Whitaker one. Adesanya knocked him out in the first round, but the bell rang, and um, yeah, this nigga walked up woozy as cheese, um, to the corner. So, you know, uh, just a lot of things can go down, but for Leon Edwards, out of anything, like you know, the first round he was really going after submission. I, the the takedown Usman's never been taken down before, and for him to get taken down by. Um, a dude that never learned wrestling. There's no wrestling in England. Um, it, it's 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 really good. It, it kind of it it gave a preview to how the fight could have been if Leon, whatever was going on, with Leon just if he was in the first round, um, because he maintained control over Usman, like he got, he kept Usman on the ground, which is again surprising. Um. I don't know, you know, with Dana White, what he said is um, more than likely we're going to get, that's the next fight for both of them. Um, I saw an interview with Usman Day on TMZ. He looks fine. He looks like, he looks like pressure's been raised off of him. And he looks content with it being, Nobody wants to say this. It was a lucky kick, right? This is a lucky thing. I think he's content that this was a lucky thing. And much like um, GSP versus Mass Sarah, like, I don't think there's, there's 
that much of a talent discrepancy between the two. But we just saw the fight. Like, we just saw four and a half rounds, or at least four rounds or three and a half rounds of just Usman just all over. And then I saw a clip uh, earlier where Usman stares him down. Please go watch this. Usman stares him down after the second round, the third round, and the fourth round. After each round, each round ends. And that's where you can see Leon just start to wilt. A little bit more. And it's it, it's face. You can see it. His, his coach is saying it. You can see his reaction. When Dean Thomas said that, he wasn't wrong. I saw some people on me on Reddit going at Dean Thomas for saying that. He wasn't wrong. Look at Leon. That was face. He refused to look at his coach. He turned sideways in the in the on the bench. They had to sit him down. He got on the fence and faced the crowd. There was that look was on his face. And Dean Thompson, is he Thompson Thompson? Thomas, he's a coach, so obviously, um, I think he's seen that look before. But I thought it was a an okay fight. It was an okay card, and I think there was pockets of moments that really carried everything. Leon Edwards really carried this this card, like, and I don't mean in a promotional way because somehow these dudes don't know how to promote themselves when it comes to fights. But they ask for more money. But you got to promote yourself. That's how you get more money. Duh. They, they, go, they go hand in hand. Conor McGregor don't get the most money because just because he's Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. He don't even. Well, he did talk a lot of shit. But it was more or less the things he was saying. Like, just, just speak. You know what I mean? Promote the fucking fight. Anyway. We're going to get a part three. Um, but Diaz and Chimaev is still a thing. If... Diaz wins. Dana White already said he could be, you know, he would be number one contender. Um, and to put him against in the weight, let's say Diaz wins, and it, and it's, you know, I think it's gonna be a fucking a dog fight. But let's see if Diaz wins, and it's a quick submission, and he's fairly fresh. I think he could fight Leon Edwards at like ASAP. You know what I mean? Like, because you wouldn't want to put him there with Usman. Um, that's not really something I would do. Um, and and just like with Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz, they had that fight. Leon dominated the whole fight. He's beating the shit out of uh, out of Nate, and um, and they kind of he, he he wobbled him at the end, and that was the entire story of the fight. So you know the Leon Usman kind of played out that way as well. Um, but I think a lot. Is riding on Chemayev and Nate Diaz. Um, Chemayev goes out and win, which he's slated to do. He's like a four to five to one underdog. Um, we'll see what happens because Nate uh, Leon was supposed to fight Chemayev at one point. You know, Dana could really sneak this in, and you put Chemayev against Leon. Leon has an, an, an obvious wrestling deficiency. Shemaev is an, an, an actual animal. Um, so you can see Shemaev with the belt and then go defend it against uh, Usman. That's a way bigger fight than Leon and Usman 3. So, you know, you never know what Dana White might pull off. I more than likely think that he's going to be Edwards and Usman 3 um, in London probably at the top of the year um, because Usman has um, deserved that respect. But at the same time, well, it's going to be a big fight if it's, if it's in London. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure to pay that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure that Usman versus Chemayev with Chemayev as champion is not a fucking huge fight as well. So, um, we'll see how that goes. Let's go to the main event. Talk way too much about the, well, the co-main event. Cause I talk way too much about the damn main event. Um, Luke Rocco versus Paula Costa, right? So, first of all... I'm going to start this all by saying this fight 100% had to be a Boston pussy. Like, there is no reason for Paulo Costa and Luke Rocco. Luke Rocco ain't even been fighting. Paulo Costa don't even stay here. And these motherfuckers hated each other. What the fuck have I missed? Like, I know they were supposed to fight last year or, or a time before that. And I know Luke has been, he's been calling him out. 
But why? Why would you call out Paula Costa like, it's not like Paula Costa, well, his fucking nickname is the Terminator. This motherfucker is crazy. But, he's not a, fighting Paula Costa don't mean nothing. <laughs> like, he's damn near, this is his last fight in his contract. He's damn near not even a middleweight. And I think he wanted to be clear and make it middleweight easily so that he could show he wanted to stay at middleweight because he's too short for 205, even though 205 is his division. He's too short for it. His arms are too small for 205. His arms are too small for fucking 185, especially with people like Adesanya in the division. So um, this had to be over some secret DM shit. Um, the fight was weirdly great like fucking like i said it's like a, a a hobo fighting in like the last two bums in like a grocery store you know what i mean like it's a abandoned grocery store um it's still some chips and shit like it they just they just will fight niggas was tired um yeah i want to touch on rocco right so and i i, I tweeted this i said this before we see the the washed version of Rocco, right? This this totally by watch, I just mean losing. Um getting knocked out to be in particular, but just losing in general. Um right, so he fought um a Polish power, Jan Blahovitz, right? So he fought Jan right before Jan ascended. That was the ascension fight. So a lot of times you have a a legend versus an, a quote-unquote up-and-comer or a legend versus somebody that's hot. Jan Blahovich was hot because I believe, I don't know if he had just fought Corey Anderson. It, this was either before or after Corey Anderson. Um, actually, let me look that up. Let's see, was this before or after Corey Anderson, right? Because Jan had a certain ascension. All right, it was before. So, Unfortunately, Luke Rockwell was the first victim. What it was was Jan Blahovich was coming up from 185 to 205, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. And this was Luke Rockwell's fight at, at 205. So they were both coming up for two, at 205. And yeah, this is Luke Rockwell's first. He had two fights at 205. And he got KO'd, right? And then Jan won the next one over um, Jacare, and he KO'd Corey Anderson, and he KO'd Dominic Reyes. And he beat out of Sanya. And uh, the loss was, the submission lost to Glover. I don't know what that was. He uh, he just got dominated by Glover. Like, I, I, I'm not sure. But, you know, Luke was the first one to find out what real Polish power is, right? So, a fresh shine at 205 was, was just hitting different, right? So, the first fight, actually, he fought fucking Yoel Romero. Luke Rockwell versus Yoel Romero, right? So, he gets KO in the third round. Um, and he fights Jan, and he gets KO. And he fights Paula Costa, and he goes to the decision. And he retires, right? I think he can fight. Like, I, it, it's the level of competition, dog. Like, I know, I'm pretty sure Luke Rocco still sees himself, you know, as, as still that guy, still that champion. And in a lot of ways, he could be. Because most people thought Paula Costa was going to take his head off an octagon and raise it in Utah, like motherfucking Goro of Mortal Kombat. People, like, it was a foregone conclusion he was going to get knocked out. Because if you get knocked out with Romero, you get knocked out by Jan, Paula Costa going to knock your ass out. Uh, besides him being terribly gassed, it was somewhat of a competitive fight. He kept Paula Costa somewhat off of his ass. There were a lot of terrible moments. Um, but Paula Costa's going to do that to most of the division. Like, he was completely undefeated <laughs> before he fought out of Sanya. Like, the, in the, the big blow with Vittori, let's look at Paula Costa's uh, record real quick. The big blow with his weight loss and all that with Vittori, I mean, 
it was horrible, but it's a one. It was a one-time thing. You know what I mean? Let's see. Yeah, he lost two times to Vittorian and Adesanya. And even with the Vittorian, it was he went five rounds. He didn't do much to fucking get to the title. It was a, a huge push to get to the title, but he did knock everybody else. I mean, you know how what you what you really want to do. But yeah, just moving on from the UFC 278. Um very happy for Leon Edwards. Um he was crying for two days. They won this fight. He's calling his mom. It was one of the best things I've ever seen. Um, as far as how a UFC fight ended. Um, it was a real feel-good story. And um, it's just one of the best things I've seen just in general. You know what I mean? Just in, in sports. Um, but the fight wasn't that great. Um, but I, I'm glad uh, it kind of ended the way it ended. Because it would if it would have ended with Usman winning, of course, it would have meant it was very high stakes because it's just, it's one step closer um, to Anderson Silva and to GSP in a lot of ways. And speaking of GSP, let, let's let's say this one thing before we move on, uh, very briefly, succinctly, uh, to the Angels, George St. Pierre, right? So for the last, I'm gonna say four years, maybe even three, we have been. It's been forced upon us the idea of Khabib versus GSP, right? And while I will definitely watch that shit, it's something made up by them. Like, this is not a fan thing. I think we want to see it because they say it. But this is not like Jones versus Nganu. A Jones versus Stipe is a fan thing. It's a hardcore fan thing because casual fans could give two shits about those cats. But it is a fan thing. What I want to understand is, right, so when this first started, Tyron Woodley, this is is why I know it's been years now. When this first started up, Tyron Woodley was champion. When GSP came back to fight Bisping at a totally different division, Tyron Woodley was champion at 170. And I say it at the time. And I bet you if GSP would have saw Woodley lose in a, to like Usman and then get his belt back and then have to fight GSP, then he would have fought him. Why didn't George St. Pierre fight Tyron Woodley? Now, you're the king of the 170 division still to this day. It's a belt you never lost. You gave it back. Because you're tired. Why is the comeback fight at a division above everything? And that shit got pushed back like a year. So nobody wanted to see it. We barely wanted to see it. I'm sure it came out good pay-per-view because we got a chance to see GSP again. But GSP coming back to get his title that he never lost from Tyron Woodley. It's a fucking fantastic fight. It's a fantastic story. And I don't know about pay-per-view numbers between Bisping and, and Tyron Woodley. I'm pretty sure there's a little bit of a difference, but it doesn't make sense. And now, still, Uzo's been the champion since then. He was the champion since then. Now it's Leon Edwards. We still got GSP versus Khabib talk. What about Usman? Was he just waiting on everybody to lose because eventually that's going to happen? Why come back to, to, to fight a dude that's at a weight class way below you? When the excuse to not come back at 170 because it was hard for you to make the weight. I don't understand it. Maybe it's a business thing. Um, but it would have been really cool to see the quote-unquote, you know, king of the, the welterweight division in the UFC, the greatest welterweight ever, come back and fight for the title that he never lost. Instead of going to an obvious, an obvious grappling advantage against Bisping, he submitted him, choked him unconscious. Obviously, he's fucking GSP. We knew that was going to happen. That's why he chose Bisping. 
Not to say Biz Bang is, 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 is trash. It's just different. It's a different style. Now, we've seen Tyron Willie lose 18,000 fights in a row since then. Maybe GSP would have been the first one that he lose to because he definitely fell off a fucking cliff. If Usman just dominated like that, I'm pretty sure GSP would have beat him like that. That's something we're never going to get to see. Um, and we just wasted like five years. And so it's definitely over. Let's move on. Uh, yeah, it just confuses me why. There's a, the 170 is right there. It's your division. It's the division you never lost the title in. Why go up and go down to avoid that? What's, what's the thing there? Can somebody help me out there? Um, quick note. I want to discuss with MLB. The Angels stink. Um, the, the generational talent. They fired their managers. And they're trying to sell a team all in one year because they're losing so bad and so terribly. Let's move on. Let's get to some NBA drama, man, because the NBA has just been... It's been all gossip. All drama. My my Jesus. It, it's become... It's, bec- it's coming to the point where the NBA is like one of those housewife shows and the payoff is the game. You know what I mean? Like they got the housewife shows and they pay off at the end is when they sit on the couch and they just talk about whatever they did in the, in the season. The payoff is the game. There's so much drama. This KD thing has been just, I don't know if it's, if, if it was a, if it was some kind of rude, some kind of fake thing, but to go from getting rid of everybody, which I think they absolutely should do. Look, I know the Nets are probably overcharging for what they did to the Cold Crush. I'm pretty sure anybody that wants Kevin Durant had to give up, not even an arm, but a leg as well. But that's not how things go. Like, you can't – I think the Nets have more than enough, right? I think the Nets have given up more than enough to acquire James Harden, to uh, acquire uh, Kyrie Irving, to acquire Kevin Durant. At the end of the day, motherfuckers is millionaires. Let's just – we'll keep it real, real, just real quick. We'll keep it real. We'll keep it realistic. But I think they've also given up a lot, for instance, given up James Harden. For instance, having Kyrie play half the fucking games last year. With Kevin Durant staying absolutely quiet about an obvious situation that is obviously in all of their faces for 82 fucking games. Based off that, I wouldn't want Kevin Durant on my team. Keeping it real, he's one of the greatest players of all time. Elephant in the room, never addressed. Based off that, based off that lack of leadership, based off of the the, the tension with the coach and the GM that has already been set in stone, you have to get rid of him. I know he's great, but these niggas got to go, right? So I'm sure that the Nets organization, the owners, you know, don't want to go back to the rebuild. Because they gave up their young players to get these niggas. They gave up the young players to get these motherfuckers. So, to just give these dudes up, to get draft pick and draft picks and um and role players for a year, that kills a year. You like, if I gave up enough draft picks and enough whatever else. Because I think for the next four years, I'm going to at least be competitive playoff-wise to get some money back for the playoff, you know, playoff tickets. They think thinking playoff tickets. They think it's not thinking wins. Let me – I'm not going to even act like I'm 100% talking wins. I'm talking like 80% money, 20% wins. You know what I mean? Like getting people in the seats with Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and James Harden 
get your money back for paying Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and James Harden. Right? The draft picks is gone. If they're gone, you get draft picks back, but it's a wasted year. It's probably another wasted two or three years, maybe even four, maybe even longer than that. You know what I mean? Like, this is a, you never know when you're going to get this back because let's say they, they trade all three, which I would highly recommend they, th- they do. This year is a fucking bust. You got empty seats for 82 games in Brooklyn, New York. I'm sure those seat tickets are high as shit. Right? You get a draft pick. Let's just say they get the number one draft. I don't know who number one players in college. We don't know until I shake out um, in another year or two. Who's to say this person is, is going to bring anything? Who's to say they get the number one pick? Maybe they get number seven. You know, NBA karma says they get a top three pick because they've been fucked. But I think the best decision was to um, get rid of these niggas. That's the best decision if you are interested in winning and growing a basketball team. The best decision for money and less of a headache for paperwork is probably just make all these niggas stay where they at. So um, I'm not sure what they're going to do with Kyrie. I... You might as well bring both of them back. Jesus Christ. Like, this is why I don't watch basketball. Nigga, what type of sport is this? What type of drama feel shit is this? This is hilarious. Um, I don't know. I just completely confused myself because, you know, my mindset at first was just to trade all three. I've been saying that for months since before the playoffs. As soon as they got Ben Simmons, trade these niggas. Doesn't matter with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons being that don't matter, bro. This dude did not play. It don't matter no more. It don't matter. He ain't played a whole year. It don't matter. That's why I know it is just, you know, it's it's a just a money and seat feeling thing to have Ben Simmons and um Durant and Kyrie go out there and just get them playoff tickets back. Um But I don't like it, you know what I mean? It is less about competing. And it's really, you know, and that also confuses me with teams like Sacramento, teams like Minnesota. Oh my goodness, Minnesota maybe made the the worst trade um, I've ever seen because Carl uh, Anthony Towns, much like Anthony Davis, thinks that they are a perimeter shooting big man. They just want to shoot twos and shoot threes. So yeah, please get me a center, so I don't have to play defense to really. Bump and grind with these guys. These defense is not like you know, he's not playing against bigs. Um, it's really confusing, man. This is why I stopped being a sports fan. Like I'm sitting here thinking about these teams, Portland, um, the Pelicans. Like, what are you doing? Like, is the Warriors the only? Uh, the Warriors, Toronto, there are maybe a handful of competent Toronto, Golden State. I'm, this is not in order, of course. Toronto, Golden State, Miami. Um, I'll say Milwaukee just because they have Giannis. And hold up. Let's look at the, the NBA standards because now I didn't piss myself off in the summer. There's nobody that knows what they're doing, bro. There's nobody that knows what they're doing. It's, it just pissed me off. Nobody knows what they're doing, bro. I don't care about Boston. And I, I, I damn sure don't care about Philly. They're not a good organization. This it's a flim flam fucking organization. Um but well let's just discuss Boston, right? Because I got four. Let's discuss Boston, right? Boston's close you're gonna get, but this is Boston's problem. Boston's problem is not only are they not aggressive in making trades, I want you to go look up. When Danny Ainge was there, go and see how many trades he actually fucking made. Mid-season trades. Boston was in mid-season trade rumors, I swear, every year for 10 years. 
easily. Even last year, they did make a trade. They were Danny Angel's there, but they did make a trade. They've been in rumors for 10 years. And last year's the first time I ever remember them niggas actually making a trade midseason. It's been a lot of pump faking with Boston. And the one thing I don't like about Boston is all of that pump faking clearly affected the players. Jalen Brown has clearly been affected with trade rumors because even when he had a good seat, a great season, uh, and they go to the finals, the first thing that comes out is he's the motherfucker first one to be traded. So I'm not going to put Boston in that because Boston is a shit organization. And I just remember what they did to Isaiah Thomas. So yeah, uh, a big six fingers up the ass to Boston. Um, let's see. So I say Miami. We'll say Milwaukee. Um, just because uh, of Giannis bringing in Drew, still having Middleton, and everything else being, I don't know, but they got Giannis. Um, and they've been going to the playoff consistently. Seventy six is absolutely not not a consistent organization. Um, they tank for like fucking six years straight, and they only got one of those players still on the team. Um, I was thinking Toronto just because of the um, the um, amount of trading pieces I think they have. Like, uh, you know, bringing in Scotty Barnes. Like, they've made great moves to stay young and relevant at the same time. And they got a finals. And Kawhi made a fucking obvious mistake going to L.A. What is up with L.A.? What's Let's make a transition. Let's, let's, let's get to the side. What is up with Cali? Like, you know, when I was like, when I was 18, I went to California for like two, three weeks, right? And I was working out there. And I worked in, I, I told this story before, but I worked in Carson City. I worked in Long Beach. And I worked. I ain't worked that much in LA. It's called City Long Beach. And it's like some other small places. Like it was like a door to door thing, right? I work for Verizon. And it's I wouldn't say it's the worst job, but I am not uh sociable. So knocking on niggas door, eight o'clock in the morning in like Orange County, big ass house, biggest house I've ever seen, like perfect neighbors. I can understand why you would want to live in california as just a person just regular the environment is cool you got a beach if you're into that type of stuff but if you've been in fucking texas or new orleans florida the south and you touch that cool air when it's cool all the time and there's beaches and it's a little bit going on i mean weather wise trees the the people they had a cherry and a lemon tree in the front nigga like I've never seen a cherry tree since. I've seen a lemon tree though. But I ain't seen a cherry tree since. So I can understand um, for somewhat environmentally you going to California. Going to California just to be there? Just to be around other people? Just to be, because it's the end place to be? And they're charging whatever they want to charge you? Sounds like the dumbest fucking thing ever. Because to me, as million, and this is another thing. If you look at any player, any player, especially basketball, that have ever played for the Rockets or ever played for the Texans, their ass is still in Houston. Because there's a tremendous difference between what you're paying for land here and what you paying for land on the coast, both coasts, west coast and east coast. That's why them niggas don't own no land out there. That's why they, they paying twenty one hundred for rent in uh in a four hundred square footer. They ain't got no land. People come down here to the south and buy land. So to uh Obviously, I know I'm speaking about niggas with a damn near infinite amount of money. So I say damn near because NBA players still go broke 
quicker and more at higher percentage than any other uh, uh, sports uh, athlete. Was why I say uh, just kind of. But to just go to LA, just to be around other other niggas, like that's all it is. Like I know he's from there. All right, Ka- Kawhi Diff, he got people there. But but fuck, what the fuck? Like you you, you want to play with the Clippers? What the fuck? You he said nah. I just want a championship with y'all. We just pulled this out of our ass. Pulled the the, the Raptors championship was out of their ass. You beat the Warriors, and you say, nah, I'm going to go play for the Clippers? And a nigga ain't played since. He played, like, one time since. That was, like, 2018. I'm really not understanding this L.A. thing. Like, again, people that live in L.A., you can tell me about, you know, let me know how popping it is. You know, maybe it's just a a, a, a perfect environment. For, for people and to be sociable. You know what I mean? I ain't got no beaches around me. The beaches in New Orleans, the one beach we had, anybody know one by UNO, by Lake Punch Train, that bitch got closed down a long time ago. They had uh, needles in the sand. So the Wolster ain't got no beach experience. I ain't a uh, motherfucking leopard seal. So maybe that plays a lot into people moving there. You got a lot of money. You know, so it don't matter anyway. You know what I mean? These cats, I'm talking about cats with super amount of money. That amount don't matter to them anyway. But at the same time, man, it, it, it just seems like tremendous dick riding to me. And and I want to slightly transition and, and discuss the rappers that go out there and uh have to, and I have to. They, they have to. This is the, the different thing. They go out there and they have to bow down to these leeches. The, the, these worms that say, oh, you got to go out there and, and, and check in. Nigga, I would never go anywhere. Anywhere. Why well, I'm required to pay homage to niggas just because I'm there. What? I'm a, I'm a grown man. So, I don't get the, the, the little brother shit um, with, 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 with Cali um, and, and and rappers out there, I really want to get into. I might do a whole episode on rappers going to Cali, and and having to 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 check in or to to holler at people or you know I gotta spend some money with them for them to not be on my ass. What nigga? If it's like that, I would never go out there. You let them bitch ass niggas starve. Pardon my language. I let them niggas starve out there because that's what they're doing anyway. Before you go out there and you got to pay homage to your pocket just to live out there. It's bad enough they got them rules with the hats. Niggas can't even wear what they want. You can't even celebrate your own sports team in, in, in L.A. What, what type of shit y'all got going on out there? But, you know, I'm about to get too much in a tangent. But this whole thing of everybody want to go out there. I understand if you LeBron. It's still stupid buying a twenty-one. You know what? Twenty-one million dollars to get LeBron I, again. I know these dudes have infinite money. It's gonna come, keep coming in. You know what? A twenty-one million dollars can get LeBron anywhere in the country, nigga. He can probably buy a, a city with twenty-one million dollars. No, not probably. He could literally sponsor a city in the United States. Not a big one. But one bigger fuck enough to be LeBron Town. So to to so to me, again, I'm counting other people's pockets. I can do that. Fuck y'all. But to me, to just blow money, to just to be around other niggas like that is it, that really blows my mind. Again, I'm not in the entertainment field. Um as uh, as far as you know, being a, a a a rapper or an actor, so again, going to LA if you're an actor or actress, I understand. Going to LA, going to Atlanta if you're a a a, a rapper, I don't even know why you even go to these places. You could be, it's, you got the internet. You in Atlanta in the kitchen. 
as far as you putting out stuff to get a buzz. So I, I you know, that concept of moving somewhere to 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 just to be, you know, I, it's been a it's been like this for like 10 years where you know, well, it's always been like this where you always have these hubs, Atlanta, Miami, LA, um But I think those places are just too stupid. Like, those places don't interest me. Atlanta doesn't interest me. Atlanta uh, apparently just lets anybody come in their town and run it. Um, so I would never, I, I would never just want to be out there. You know what I mean? The Chicago niggas that took out here. Chicago niggas calling it Chicago too. I already knew with Katrina. With I was down there a couple days. They they can let anybody take over. So you know, I'm I'm not big on these these coastal these coastal areas. I think, um, I think that nigga should be in the south and the Midwest, where there's plenty of cheap land for you to buy up on, because you work seven hundred million dollars, a billion dollars. No, no, it's not a uh, liquid. The nigga don't have any cash. But sweet Jesus Christ, let's move on. Speaking of LeBron. What has been up with Draymond Green, right? Um, we've seen a, I don't want to call it a, 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 a 180. The, and I know this finals was seven years ago, eight years ago, six years ago. With the finals in 16 to now. Draymond Green has become one of my favorite players to actually the player I dislike the most in 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 the NBA. This is incredible. I just it just popped in my head. I dislike Draymond now more than any other player in the NBA, and I'll tell you why. I don't hate him, just dislike. Him. Because he's keeping it fake real. You're not keeping it real. You just saying, you just kind of just saying shit. The the new media shit. Who is it? Is it JJ Reddick? Like, again, this is why I'm a, I'm a casual sports fan. So you'll never see me coming out of out of out of my out of pocket saying. Well, they should have ran this. They should have ran that. They should have ran the two. I just say, niggas, you should have made the shot. Because I don't know what they're running. They playing football. I don't know. A cover three. I've been playing Madden. Uh, I played Madden for 16 years straight. I couldn't tell you what a cover two or four is. I just know this nigga caught a touchdown. This nigga didn't. You messed up a, a coverage. I know that much. So... So for this new media, quote unquote, to be it's just regular niggas, humans. JJ Raddick is human. Uh what's the cat? Um Richard Jefferson is a human. Uh Kendrick Perkins is a human. Draymond Green is a human. So like just like Jerry West spoke up with JJ Reddick and all these cats. Uh, Gilbert Arenas is a human. I know you had a good spurt of a year or two. That nigga's a human. He is not Jordan. These niggas is not LeBron. These niggas is not Giannis, Aluka. None of them. So I see a lot of these podcasts from these cats, or not podcasts. It's mostly YouTube clips or uh, clips on Twitter. And they speak so disrespectfully. About the cats in the fifties, the sixties, and the seventies, and the eighties and nineties, and they speak about people paying homage or being respectful of what they're doing right now. It just seems very, very hypocritical. Gilbert Arenas damn near think basketball started in two thousand two. If you ever heard this nigga speak about. Um, basketball players before 1998. I think it's very disingenuous. I think disingenuous would be a a much better word for the um, new media, quote-unquote, that's being led by um, Draymond Green. 
I think he's been keeping it fake real. Um, the stuff with him and LeBron has been going, the captions, the, the quotes, the comments. Um, Man, I just get traded, man. I don't know, man. Please trade this, man. I've been calling for them to trade this, man, for three years. Just trade it to the Lakers, man. Let him be the five. AD is the four. LeBron is the three. And you got a whole clutch mafia on the Lakers. Uh, the, the dick riding has been absolutely incredible. The, the, it's like booty talk eight. Cherokee D. Green. This nigga has been losing his mind. And I have no idea why the, you know, I guess it's clutch. It's a sports agency. I'm sure LeBron probably got him a lot of sponsorships and, you know, deals like that. I understand that, man. But a lot of these cats have been just increasingly disingenuous on the sport of basketball. And they always go at fans um, for, oh, the, and another one of these, another quote that I'm going to grab out of the sky. You ever seen the letters in the sky? You know, like a little cartoon or on, on TV. They show a caption. I'm going to grab them letters and I'm going to put them in a volcano. Giving people their flowers. That quote. Burn it alive. Because nobody does that. So stop saying it. Don't say you're giving niggas their flowers. Because of one you for one night and then the next ten years they're getting shit on. Please burn that quote. Whoever came up with the quote die. So I think a lot of these uh, new media cats, these NBA cats is just very disingenuous. And it's actually um along with my team being complete dog shit and me being like an adult enough now. I don't know why it took so long for the pop in. Why am I watching these niggas? What am I rooting for? What? Why should I be excited? Why should I even be mad anymore? I understand you guys increasingly, as these podcast episodes have been going along, increasingly you've heard the disgust in my voice for sports these days. The only thing I've been able to watch is, is the UFC. Um, because all of the sports is so drama and pussy filled. It, 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 it's so, it's so ridiculous. Um, and that's not even bringing up the outside talk, the politic talk, the, 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 them, them just doing and saying stupid ass shit. And apparently getting away with anything because if you got money you can get away with anything um even if you're a fucking idiot so um i kind of want to bring it to a little bit of a uh a subject a little bit of transition i can go into with something i noticed i think i noticed it with, with jason tatum right um i if y'all y'all remember when jason tatum first came to the league it kind of went viral when he he tweeted at LeBron years back and said he was Larry Hughes' nephew. Um, I don't know how old Tatum was. Tatum was probably like 15, 16 when he tweeted LeBron that shit. Um, maybe older. But it's one thing I, I was thinking about nepotism in sports, right? In basketball, it has been it's really been a thing, like it seems like every basketball player. Well, this could be through, I guess, through the AAU system, but it feels like I've all seen them at some point younger. Like there's a, a clip if you can go on YouTube. There's a clip with Chris Paul running a camp, and Devin Booker is there, and D'Angelo Russell is there. They they in high school, and then of course these guys are, are NBA NBA players now. You got guys like um, Melo Ball. You got guys like Lonzo Ball. That you know, and somebody made a joke about this during the draft. Like, it's really no like hood story. <laughs> it's really no hood story. It's not you know. I'm not saying that's a uh, bad, good, and different. To me, it doesn't matter. It's really no hood stories. Like, it kind of feels like, for instance, Clay Thompson. 
uh, Clay Thompson is his son, Michael Thompson, famous uh, Lakers player. They have a brother named Trace Thompson. He plays for the Dodgers. So I'm sure Trace Thompson is a very skilled basketball, not basketball, baseball player. He plays for the fucking Dodgers. Like, you don't just play for, first of all, you don't just play in the MLB. Like, right? Okay. And you don't just play for the Dodgers. Right? This is this is high tier shit. Is what does this do for the NBA? Like, it's a lot of a lot of children, a lot of my, a lot of, you know, white black children. A lot of little, you know, in betweens. It doesn't seem like this. Well, yeah, it doesn't seem like skill level has increased or decreased. Um, in in football, the nepotism that I've seen mostly has been between like coaches and um their sons, the Shanahan's, and you know whoever. It seems like the nepotism through the NFL has just been through you know uh, the the son or the nephew or whoever of a coach, mostly sons, getting a spot somewhere. In basketball, it, it really seems tied in. Like, I know it's a small league. In, in in actuality, it's a small league, and it's a small amount of players as a whole, like 5,000, that have played in the NBA. So it's a very small fraternity, if you think about over fucking 50 years. Um, but things look a little different <laughs> in, in draft picks. There's no big mo- big ass motherfuckers. There's no shack size motherfuckers. Everybody kind of look the same, dress the same. Look, everybody kind of look the same. So um, I didn't really add a, a, a big point to that. It just seems like in the NBA, everybody kind of knows everybody. I've seen stuff with Trey Young, um, Trey Young's uh, dad, um, not Trey Young. Um, yeah, Trey Young. And, man, what's the dude from uh, Dallas? Brunson. His dad played in the league. Like, it's a lot of second generation. There's always been a lot of second generation guys. But it just seems like this, you know, uh, just a little bit more. A lot of cousins and fucking just, I don't know. Um, It just seems weird. I don't really have a point, though. <laughs> uh, But, again, the just the NBA in general, man. It's just been, it's been real drama-filled. And, um. Falling out of love with it would be a, a really, it wouldn't be a harsh term. I didn't watch a single basketball game last year. I didn't watch any regular season games last year. Um, whereas before, I used to have five of them bitches on. The year before, year before last, I used to have five of them bitches on. Last year, I didn't watch a single regular season game. So, um, I almost fell. Maybe this is just a um, a me thing. Um, I'm definitely done with football. That's that's all the way done. Um, it looks like basketball's falling behind. It. You know, maybe it's a me thing. Maybe it's a me getting old thing. Maybe it's just um, new hobbies falling in, replacing those. Um, I never thought I would not watch sports. Well, I do watch UFC, but I would th- never thought I'd not watch football. Uh, again, I haven't watched. Um, I've maybe seen. I know I've seen a game. I've seen uh, the. I saw Patriots Jaguars playoff games. Um, that's the only game I've seen since probably 2015-16. Um, yeah, whenever the Jaguars played the Patriots, I think that was like two years ago. Brady was playing, and uh, it was a playoff game. I think that was the. Ooh, I don't know if Brady did they win or they lose. It could have been the Eagles year. I forget what year that was, but that's the last time I saw a football game. So, um, I don't know. I guess y'all going to have to fucking listen to me talk about UFC some more because I'm definitely out on football, and I think I'm definitely out on basketball. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> let's end this shit on the worst note ever. Uh, the Wolster officially is out on the NBA. Let's end on that. And, uh, Hopefully we're getting into some hockey and that shit come around. I might start watching tennis. I can't do soccer. It's too boring. These niggas are just running from side to side. 
Uh, and I'm not about to watch uh, 1-0 and 1-1 matches. That's just not going to happen. At least with hockey, uh, I might see a, a nigga lose a tooth or two. Thank y'all for listening. I have no idea what episode this was. I think like 110. But again, holler.